Welcome to Play Mode, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of ABA therapy. Here, we interview professionals in the industry to provide you the best tips and techniques to teach essential life skills to children on the spectrum and other developmental disorders. Welcome to our first episode of Play Mode Podcast, and today we'll be discussing potty training for children with autism. Potty training can be a challenging process for any child, but for children with ASD, the process can be especially difficult. However, with the implementation of the techniques and tips we'll go over today, parents and caregivers can develop an effective strategy to help their child learn and maintain important potty training skills. We will also hear from our experienced board certified analyst and parent, Lindsay Lewis. She will share tips and strategies to make the process smoother and more successful for everyone involved. So whether you're a parent, caregiver, an ABA clinician, or simply interested in learning more about effective potty training skills, we hope you'll find this episode informative and helpful. So speaking with us now is Lindsay Lewis. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the field of ABA. Hi, yeah. So I'm Lindsay Lewis, like you said, and I am a board certified behavior analyst. And I have been working in the field of ABA or applied behavior analysis since Oh, gosh, maybe 15 years. I I got into the field in 2008 by chance, which is how I feel like a lot of people get into the field of ABA. And I started as a therapist and I worked through being a therapist, a parent consultant, a supervisor. Uh, I became a BCBA in 2015, which was a huge accomplishment for for me personally and professionally. And I've been with InStep since 2010 and it's it's been great. And now I'm the clinical director here. Awesome. So we're going to jump right into the topic and that's going to be potty training. So the first question I wanted to ask is how can ABA be used for teaching toileting skills for kids with ASD? That's a great, that's a great question. Um, It's, it's interesting because classical, classic, typical, I, I say everything, every time I say typical, it's in quotes. When I say typical potty training strategies actually are using ABA strategies. So, you know, for anyone who's ever potty trained a kid or who has, you know, a friend or a family member who's potty trained a kid, you you kind of have the basic idea of it, right? You want to you want to get this kid on the toilet, you want to get them using it and then you want to reward it. So that's that's a lot of what we do in ABA, which is we we shape a behavior that we want to see increase and we reinforce it so that we see it again. So with with regular potty training strategies, you're using positive reinforcement, using something that's really motivating to reward our kids for going potty on the toilet. Um, we're using environmental arrangements uh, and and really consistency to really get the behavior that we want to see happening more frequently, which is going to the bathroom on the toilet. Interesting. I didn't realize that the ABA was basically using the same techniques as a neurotypical child would be using. I think that it's also important to think about about this too, in the sense that, you know, for any kid, you're going to individualize the the strategies. And so for our kids with ASD or that are that are neurodiverse, you know, it just might be a little bit of adapting our our classic body training strategies and really working to find what's going to work best for them within just the kind of outline of of potty training. So I wanted to ask how common is difficulty potty training among children with autism or developmental disabilities? So potty training is hard for everyone. I'm just going to say it. I I am a, a mom of a pandemic baby and we just hit 
two and a half and we potty trained, I want to say after Christmas. And it, it is hard, whether your child is neurotypical or you have a kiddo with developmental disabilities or on the ASD spectrum, it's a life skill. It's a new skill and it is ultimately a life-changing skill. So there can be an added level of challenges with kids that have ASD or other developmental delays, primarily due to, you know, communication differences, body awareness, sensory needs, things like that. But, you know, I, I would I would go to say that potty training is going to be hard for just about anyone starting that journey. Right. And so I also wanted to ask is how does autism impact a child's ability to learn and maintain those potty training skills? Are there specific challenges that a parent or caregiver should be aware of? Yeah. So our kids with ASD or um, other developmental disabilities or communication challenges, things like that, their learning trajectory may be paced a little differently. I think that you may have different challenges than say with a neurotypical kid in terms of you know resistance to the change of a routine and again i say this with the context that this can be hard for any kid any child who's starting to potty train but a body awareness might also be effective you may have kids that have sensory needs that aren't aware of what it feels like to be wet or soiled or don't have any discomfort with it you have nonverbal kiddos who may not be able to tell us if they have to go to the bathroom or they may not be vocalizing when their diaper is wet or if they need to initiate going to the bathroom. So some of those things may be something that, to consider kind of working through when you're going to start potty training a kid with autism. But all of these things are, are definitely workable. Right. And why is it important for a parent to prepare before starting potty training, especially with children with autism. What are some potential risks of jumping into potty training without proper preparation? Preparation for potty training is going to be key for any kid. So jumping right into it, I feel like from a parent's perspective, it can cause burnout for us from the beginning if we're not prepared. So you run into the risk of being less likely to maintain success. You may have a kid who refuses to participate, which again, I'll keep saying it, that is also really normal. (laughs) Um, But without preparing, it's kind of like that age old saying, what is it? If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. And so you really, yeah. So you really want to set up your child for success by having all the necessary tools, you know, have the extra underwear, have the adapted toilet seat if you need it, you know, plan for your reinforcers. Um, Planning ahead will allow you to develop a routine and really ensure consistency to give enough opportunities for practice. And it also helps us as parents feel successful, which can affect how we react to unexpected accidents, or I I should say expected, because (laughs) it's really expect to have accidents. So I feel like the more mentally prepared you are for that, the the better we react to it as parents as well. And also planning for it just allows you to adapt your plan for your specific kids' needs. With our kids with ASD, a lot of times creating visuals and teaching the routine ahead of time is really helpful, but it really helps your child learn the expectations around toileting and what the purpose of using the restroom is. So all of those things, if you kind of just plan to get all of that in order, I feel like you're really setting not only your child up for success, but also you as a parent and any other caretakers. So what are some of the challenges that parents can expect during the process? So for any kiddo, there's going to be challenges. Um, 
potty training, like I said earlier, is really a life changing skill in that it is something that's going to be a really great long term life skill, but it also really changes the dynamic of what is currently working in the routine. So I think for kids with ASD, some of the things that you can expect to uh, occur would be that you're going to have, and this is actually with any kid, not, not just ASD. Again, I'm going to, you're going to hear me saying that a lot, but they may have accidents with no warning. Um, some of our kids that have ASD and may have sensory differences uh, may not show typical signs of needing to go. So with a neurotypical kid, you may see some dancing and they're holding themselves and crossing their legs and clenching. For kids with ASD, parents may have to do a little bit more detective work to determine what signals their child may be giving if they're not vocalizing or otherwise gesturing, they may have to use the bathroom. And then there's other really common things that come up with potty training regression. I have a lot of families. I myself experience this, but the regression of, Hey, we're doing so great. And then all of a sudden you're going, Oh my gosh, we're going 10 steps back. Regression is really common. There's a honeymoon period sometimes with this. It's, it's fun. It's novel. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, you want me to do this how many times a day? And you know, all of those things that go with it, you know, and, and other things that come up too are, are uh, nighttime. I, I would never expect a kiddo to be potty trained through the night and through sleeping from the beginning that comes a little bit later. And then the same thing with poop. A lot of times you get kids that are just really, really resistant to poop on the toilet. And so you'll have a kid who may be doing a great job urinating on the toilet. But then when it comes to poop, um, it's really, it's really more of a challenge. Uh, we often hear that potty training plans can be helpful for families. However, there may be some who are not familiar with this concept. Can you explain what a potty training plan is? So a potty training plan is is just kind of a step-by-step guide or plan to help parents and caregivers approach toileting. Again, this can be really individualized for, for your kid or for your child's needs, but a, a plan would just really incorporate some of those toilet training points that we have when we when we start the process which is increasing fluid intakes by upping how much water this creates a lot more opportunities for going to the restroom putting your kids in underwear during waking hours taking your kid to the bathroom and set intervals so like every 20 minutes every 30 minutes every 45 minutes reinforcing when their success uh, really staying neutral when there's accidents. I know this one's really, really tricky, uh, but avoid scolding, punishing, yelling. I found myself a few times saying, you've been doing this. Why are you wetting your pants? And it's hard not to have that emotional response, but that can really have an impact on our kids too and their willingness to use the toilet. I always tell families just try to be really neutral and then really reward the desired behavior immediately and consistently. But with your own child or with working with your ABA team, you know, coming up with a plan that is going to be unique for your child and something your family could follow. It's just going to be like a list, you know, kind of a one, two, three, here's what we're doing every single time that we uh, approach the potty. So what are some of the most important factors to consider when creating a potty training plan? Good question. I would say, first of all, make sure you are ready as the parent, as the caregiver, whoever, you know, is, is kind of leading the charge with this, make sure that you are ready because The consistency part of this is so important to success. And so really consider, is this something you're, you're at a point in your life that you are able to follow through on? You know, I have friends that have 
toddlers and new babies or friends that are moving, you know, make sure that this isn't happening around another big life event, because I think it's a lot to take on. We had my son's teacher reach out and suggest potty training and we were about to go on a vacation. And I had said, yeah, no, (laughs) this is going to have to wait till after our vacation because I knew us going on vacation was not going to be the ideal time for potty training or potty training before we went on vacation, because I knew that I was not going to be ready to follow through on a potty training plan once we were on vacation. So making sure you're ready is huge. Also considering your child for, and this is for any child, again, making sure your child is showing signs of potty training readiness and considering this in whether you're ready to start or not. So is your child vocalizing or showing signs of discomfort when they are wet or soiled? Or if your child's nonverbal, are they giving you any gestures or cues to know when they are wet or soiled or about to have a bowel movement? Uh, Is your child interested in the toilet? Can your child pull up their pants on their own? This was a big one for me too that I didn't consider yet until the teacher mentioned, you know, make sure you're sending um, your little guy to school and pants that are easy to pull up and down because this is a huge part of potty training. So making sure that, you know, your child has the motor skills to be able to do some of these things as well. And really consider your individual child and their needs. And so how can parents best collaborate with their ABA team to develop an effective plan? So come up with a plan together that's individualized. So your child is set up for success from the beginning, whether this is working on desensitization because your child may have a sensory issue with the sound that's in the bathroom or the sound that a toilet makes or sitting on a toilet, working on visuals so that your child is able to see what steps come next, a task analysis that breaks the whole routine down into just a few steps, sometimes even just teaching the routines before you start to potty training process can be really helpful. Uh, And then work with your ABA team to determine patterns together. So when are accidents most common Is there a time of day that bowel movements are consistently happening? Um, How long after fluid intake is the child having to go to the bathroom? Determining a schedule that really supports success. Um, Another thing that's really important to plan with your ABA team as well is how this is going to be implemented. So communicating at the start of your session Fill the treatment team in on how toileting's been going during the day. You know, child woke up wet. We took him potty already. He didn't go. It's been 20 minutes since he last went. Um, We've had success. We haven't had success. Those types of things. And I think the other thing to really collaborate on with your ABA team and and be on the same page with is uh, wearing underwear during waking hours. And I know this one is hard because it's easy to want to go back to pull-ups or diapers, but, you know, we have kids that have really hold on to routines and that really hold on to what is working and, and how, you know, they're most comfortable. And so we want our kids to have more body awareness. So feeling being wet, being aware of accidents, being aware of discomfort, a lot of times that's going to come with just wearing underwear. And so I really caution families and Uh, treatment providers against being inconsistent with that piece of it. Pull-ups, diapers during sleeping hours, you know, makes sense. But during waking hours, I really recommend using underwear. So earlier you mentioned regression. How can parents help their child with autism maintain their potty training skills over time? Are there any common pitfalls to be aware of and how can they be avoided? I wish I had a magic answer for this, but I'm going to say regression is normal and there really is no way to avoid 
the regression or resistance. I think every kid, typical neurodiverse, any kid that's ever been potty trained, I mean, unless, you know, you have a unicorn child, which is sometimes happens, I guess, but you're going to see regression. You're going to see resistance. You're going to see the kid who was willingly going, but now they're suddenly refusing to go anywhere near the toilet, even after they've had a successful few days. So go backwards if you need to, if you need to start taking your child more frequently. So say you had been able to stretch out those intervals a little bit to where you're going every 45 minutes, every hour, every hour and a half, or your child's been initiating uh, and now they're not, or now they're having more frequent accidents, go backwards, go back to every 20 minutes, every 30 minutes, reevaluate your reinforcers. Maybe, you know, the item they've become satiated on the item that you've been using as a, as a reward, keep reinforcing it. Maybe you faded the reinforcer too quickly. And so now the child is not understanding that this is what we're going to keep doing. So really staying consistent. It's easy to want to just give up or stop. But remember, our kids are thriving on routines and consistent expectations. So even if you go backwards a little bit, um, I think it will help continuing to go forward and maintaining that skill. Well, thank you, Lindsay, for speaking to us on our very first episode of Play Mode Podcast. All of the information that you gave us was very insightful and very informative. And on behalf of all of us, thank you for coming in and talking to us and sharing all of your knowledge with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the time and the chance to talk about this. And that's a wrap for this episode of Play Mode Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to our discussion. We'd like to take a moment to thank our listeners for tuning in and continued support. Without you, this podcast wouldn't be possible. If you have any feedback or topics you'd like us to cover on future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us. You can find our contact information in the show notes or in the description.